This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. <laughs> Homesdale Radio is proudly sponsored by CompleteSigns.co.uk. Complete Signs are a producer of top quality internal and external signs for an ever-expanding portfolio of clients, including hotels, schools, local authorities and small businesses across the nation. Offering a wide range of creative solutions from flat metal nameplates to neon fascia signs and everything in between. Clients are offered the highest standards in consultation and sales support to ensure complete customer satisfaction. With clients free to choose solutions from a wide variety of materials including brass, aluminium, stainless steel, wood and a number of plastics. Covering most of South England with virtual offices in Croydon, Epsom, Hawley, Worcester Park in Surrey, Crowthorne in Berkshire, Regent Street West London, Docklands East London and Crawley and Brighton in Sussex. So if you're looking for the complete professional service for your sign needs, then look no further than Complete Signs. Head to their website, completesigns.co.uk, for further information, including contact details and full office addresses. Live commentary. Uh, ball back with companion centre of the field. I hope he plays a long breaking pass. He doesn't. <laughs> it's found Dobby. Oh, again, he's trying to... Have you got a word for those short passes? Well, I've got a word for that short pass, but um, <laughs> I better not say it. Live interviews. Yeah, I think that's where we'll be for, for the foreseeable future. You know, we've got some interesting things there. And um, I think that we're developing, redeveloping it bit by bit is probably going to be our best option. Expert analysis. Hello, and thank you for... Oh, God, now that's terrible. One minute. I'll translate <laughs> like you for a minute there, Chris. I'm um, sorry, I, hang on a second. I should actually be near my microphone. Just trying to bear me a second. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. I'm back now. Well, most of the time, anyway. Homesdale Radio. I was slightly distracted by the uh, new introduction there. I enjoyed that. Thank you, Mikey. Well done. You don't get enough credit for your work. Anyway, good evening and welcome to Homesdale Radio. My name is Chris Hambling, and instead of... Her, mm, that's the wrong bit. And <laughs> I'm your host this week. Oh, that's so bad. Uh, as we review a very positive week for Crystal Palace. Assisting me tonight, I give you Alex Wyatt. Hello. Alex. Yeah, there he is. Hello. Tony, Tony Pierce. Evening. Evening. 
and fearlessly running the communication hub is Stuart Shave. Hi, Stuart. Hello, all. Hey, there you go. Uh, so, today we could look back at the New Year's Day game, mm, nearly said that wrong, uh, as the Eagles hosted Norwich in awful conditions. We'll look in detail at the key moments of the game as it ended in a 1-1 draw. We'll then look back to yesterday's FA Cup third round victory away at the Hawthorns as Tony Pulis gave starts to some of the fringe players. We'll talk around the major instance in a fantastic 2-0 victory against a strong West Brom team. We'll take a quick look ahead to next weekend's trip to White Hart Lane to play Spurs off the back of their defeat to bitter rivals Arsenal in the Cup. And we'll have news of our new competition, which you need to be listening live to win. Finally, we'll round up as much of your, of your communication as we are able to do. Uh, to contact the show today, you can send us a tweet to at HOL Radio. Message us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash HOL Radio. Email us on radio at homestale.net. Give us a call on 0208 1234 You can visit the whole radio chat room. It's holradio.net forward slash chat. Talk with fellow listeners live around the topics of discussion. If you follow the matches live online, do remember to head to footballfancast.com on match days as we contribute to their live updates and discussions during games. You can listen to Homestay Radio live on your smartphone or tablet device with the free TuneIn Radio app. Once installed, simply search for Homestay Radio to locate the station. First up, here is a roundup of the week's main stories in News in Brief. Get involved with the show. Email radio at homestale.net or call us on 0208 1234 Homestale Radio. Voices for Palace Watch. Faces for Crime Watch. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. Kevin Phillips has left the club by mutual consent. Phillips, 40, joined the club at the start of this year on loan from Blackpool and made 16 appearances of the club, scoring seven goals before signing permanent in the summer. Alex Winter has become the latest youngster at the club to make a loan move away from South East 25 as he has joined Sutton United for a month. Jerome Williams, David Gregory and Derek Tiaco and Ross Fitzsimons have also moved on a loan for a month to gain vital first team experience with non-league sides. In the FA Cup draw, Crystal Palace have been drawn away to either cup holders Wigan Athletic or to League One side MK Dons. Our prospective opponents play a replay at Stadium MK following their three-all draw yesterday. Former Palace chairman Ron Nodes was laid to rest at a funeral service attended by many familiar faces from Palace past and present as well as the football world as a whole. Once more, we offer our sincere condolences to Ron's family at this difficult time. News in brave. Homesdale Radio is brought to you in association with CompleteSigns.co.uk for all your sign-based needs. To receive a genuine 10% discount, mention you are listening to Homesdale Radio and get in touch today. Hello. Right, anyway. Um, uh, well, first up, I want to talk to you about the fact we're running a little competition. We've been trying to think of ways of um, rewarding our live listeners. Um, don't get me wrong, we do love our podcast listeners, of course. Uh, but... um. You know, there's got to be a, an incentive for you guys to, to join us live every week. So we're going to start giving a few little things away. It's going to be probably a club shop voucher and a, an item from the club shop, that sort of stuff. All supporting the club, but also giving you a little bit of reward. Um, I'm about to learn about the competition for the first time myself as I read these things out. So um, we can all learn about it together. It'd be good, wouldn't it? Uh, so you've got to enter this week for next week's draw. Um, entries will close at 8pm on Saturday the 11th of January. Uh, if you go to holradio.net forward slash enter to find out details uh, to do that, I think. Um, I might actually 
do that while uh, while I'm online. Let me just type that out for you. Know? Holradio.net forward slash enter. And uh, yeah, it takes you to a competition page, which is fascinating, isn't it? Where you give your name, email address, mobile number, um, and answer the question. Which is, um, yeah, looks very professional indeed. The question's on there, but I'll tell you what it is. Because we had slight disagreement about the way Mikey worded it. And he told me I was being pedantic. But the, the question... Is who is who has the most appearances uh, for Crystal Palace ever? So the you know largest number of appearances for Palace. Mikey called them caps, which is I said obviously the answer should be Aki Rialati, and he's not one of the three chances, uh, three options. But we we realised he means appearances, and the options are Florian Marange, <laughs> Jim Cannon, or Clinton Morrison. So anyway, visit holradio.net forward slash enter. Uh, to enter that competition and a few little bits and pieces for that this is for people who are able to listen live only you are listening to the, this on the podcast please enter and tune in live for your chance to win on uh, next week next Sunday at, on the 12th of Jan so basically you can enter on, from listening to the podcast this week but you will have to listen live to claim your prize uh, the prize is a club shop voucher and one random item from the club shop um, you will not be required to come on air uh, if you're chosen as the winner, you'll be asked to email in before 9pm on the day. If the chosen winner hasn't emailed in by 9pm, the competition will be redrawn and offered to anybody who can answer the phone when we ring you with our phrase that pays. Um, we'll give more details of that next week. Uh, anybody who enters will be emailed and texted a reminder for that the show is due to start imminently at 7.45pm. Uh, and that will give you a little nudge to, for you to tune in and see if you've won. Uh, the competition will run across each week from now until the end of the season. <laughs> really? Okay. So uh, we'll review that again a little bit later in the show, but um, yeah, so hlradio.net forward slash enter. Oh, seven minutes in, and I'll get to speak to you, chaps, now. Uh, first thing is we're going to look at the um, the Norwich game. It did end 1 1. And if I may start with you uh, talking about that sort of. Um, well, the team selection is probably the best place to start, I think. Um, Alex, we've, we've been talking in recent weeks about uh, this playing of Ward in the middle and all this sort of stuff. And the first sort of decision in that game really sort of leapt out at me was the return of KG to centre midfield. But instead of Ward going back to right back, um, he went to left back. And uh, yeah, and, and obviously that, that was, he had par dropped and, and Moxie out the, out the side. What, what were your thoughts on that? Well, it, it's completely beyond me. Joel Ward is alongside Mile Jednak, our best player. Undoubtedly, I don't think anyone could sit here and argue with me. But at the end of the day, he's a right-back. And at left-back, constantly, Joel was fantastic with his left foot, but we just at that, in that specific game, we needed a left-back. Constantly crying out, crying for a, play, a person with a left foot. And you've got Dean Moxie and Jonathan Parr with two of them on the bench. I think Mariapa's done fantastically well filling in at right-back. But at the end of the day... This is Joel Ward's career, and he is a right-back. And you can tell that every time that he plays out of position. He's fantastic at left-back, but he is ultimately a right-back, and that's where he should be playing. Mm. Um, well, Tony, what's your view? Yeah, I can see what you're saying there. Um, I think that Pulis does seem to like Mariapa, and therefore he's trying to find a way to perhaps in- integrate him as well. Um, and Joel Ward, certainly, you know, uh, I think in... A lot of the games where he has played defensive mid has actually done quite well. He's not his his best position is definitely right right back, 
but um, I think in defensive mid, he's doing quite well. I think he's trying to look at his options because if he's got Joel Ward that can fill in at defensive mid, if we need him, then he doesn't have to worry about going out and buying another defensive midfielder and he can concentrate on other areas of the pitch. Mm, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. What worries me is we talked in the last couple of weeks. Um, and put it this way, we haven't been doing badly, so it kind of vindicates his decision to a point. Um, but but when you've got, um, obviously on the bench that day, we had we had Johnny Williams and we had Barry Bannon. If those two aren't seen as good options in the central midfield ahead of playing a player out position, I do worry what he thinks of those players. And that's why that's why I highlighted it. And what, I think what was really disappointing for me is obviously KG was really off the pace. He got quite an early booking in that half and he was really, really struggling. And, and we had to make the change at half, half time. And yeah, the half time change was... I thought it was an ideal opportunity to um, to maybe try out either Williams or uh, Bannon in a central midfield position, but instead we ended up pushing pushing more back into midfield. And yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think Mariapa offers, offers enough going forward as a, as a right back either, considering our, our system is kind of dependent on on overlapping fullbacks when we want to attack. I think. Chris, I think that comes with confidence, though. There's so many times where he gets one-on-one where I'm just saying, go for it, mate. Honestly, just go for it. You take a look at the effect of Waterbrook. If you don't beat him, go back and do it again. Because so many times, I, I think I think people don't give him enough credit. I think he could beat him because I actually think he's got more pace on his side than people think. But I think I just think it's a confidence thing. I think Tony needs to put his arm around his shoulder and go, just do it, mate. I'm not going to shout at you. I'm not going to have a massive go at you. Just go and do it. Yeah. Uh, Tony, you want to add anything to that? No, I think I think Alex just said exactly what I was going to say. So yeah, all right. Well done, Alex, Sorry. for reading Tony's mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it seems it seems a bit nitpicky to start um, to start going on, on and on about this this subject again. Um, I think I mean what it comes down to is it, it comes down to the fact that Joel Ward is, is an excellent player, and you know Tony Pulis likes a certain type of player, and, and Ward fits that bill really, and he's he's done incredibly well, but. You know, obviously, we'll have a look at a, a little different lineup uh, against West Brom a little bit later on, and, and maybe it'll learn something from that. So, yeah, that was that was my main sort of concern, if you like, over over the uh, the team against Norwich. But obviously, Chemak came back in after being benched the week before. But um, I suppose it's probably not Marion Chemak that we want we want to talk about. Um, although I suppose yeah, there was an incident there, wasn't there? I mean, mm. yeah, it, it was highlighted by match of the day. Um, I think if if you you sort of approach it as a neutral, it would should have been a sending off really. But um, I don't know. I mean, it used to be a bit more of a man's game, didn't it? <laughs> you know, people used to do that sort of stuff all the time. And my criticism would be of um, of Houlihan for first of all getting up and having a go at Chimac for nothing in the first place, and then falling over quite so, quite so badly when he got a little shove. But um, what do you make of that then, Alex? Um. I was furious that he would do something like that. I just, I, I think Pulis highlighted it as well that this is a team game, and he could have been sent off in the first half, and that's that's just putting the whole the whole three points into jeopardy by something so stupid and so unnecessary. But when you look at something like uh, what Ravel Morrison did to Joe Ward, I tweeted it in the week and I had a yeah. few arguments about it. But then the day if he got booked for that. Then Shamak gets booked for that. It's the same. We we crave consistency from referees. Yes, it's a sending off, but if if he's going to give a yellow card for to Morrison, for arguably worse, he actually went for an eye gouge, didn't he? But uh, yeah, no, yeah. It, it was just it was just a ridiculous thing to do. And I know I know Pulis is addressing that with him. 
Tony, you've you've played a little bit. Um, you, you ever reacted to a uh, to a little someone sort of biting around your ankles like uh, Hulahan was? Not not really, if I'm honest. Um, I think Hulahan's done Shamak a favour because I know other players that would have stayed down, and then and then he probably would have got a red card. I think the fact that Hulahan immediately got up. Um, arguably to get in his face, but you know the fact that he got up so quickly um, did him a favour. Yeah, um, personally, I was just surprised at, at how much was made of it. Really, I mean, I, I suppose from from being at the game, you don't really appreciate these things. You know, you saw someone fall over, some you know, a little bit of handbags. You don't think any more of it. And I think in the grand scheme of things, it didn't really make a blind bit of difference to the result. Um, but it's just yeah, it's a bit it's a bit of a worry when he's. It just shows there's a little bit of indiscipline there from Chimak. You know, he's. It's not a young kid. He's, I think he's 29 now. He's been playing a, playing a while. You know, he's really bought into the team ethic under Tony Pulis, but then goes and, and does something like that. All right, um, let's, <coughs> excuse me, we, we've sort of mentioned it pre-show. We were all sort of looking back to the to this game and preparing ourselves to talk about it. Um, the sort of probably the the most important factor of the day was the conditions that we were playing in. So once more, we had a horrible game against Newcastle, got badly beaten in awful conditions, and the conditions were. If anything, were worse. And um, do you think it, Tony? Do you think it sort of spoiled the game a little bit? Oh, definitely. Um, I think I think it makes a big difference. The conditions. It's not easy to play in those conditions. It's hard to get decent passes going. You know, you could see. I mean, one thing which we didn't capitalise on the fact is you could see that Ruddy was struggling to uh, catch the ball. Clearly, yeah. uh, he kept dropping it. Um, he's uh, by the end he was having to palm it out, and we, we, that's one thing we we didn't capitalise on. But you know, we we've tried to play long ball and. You know, it's never going to be pretty when you're playing, you know, hoof football. But in those sort of conditions, it's the only thing you can do. So yeah, I think well, the conditions made a big difference. Okay, well, I mean, you, you've you're nicely taking me onto the direction I wanted to go with this without even knowing it. Well done, well done indeed. Another psychic. Um, it was, yeah. But um, I felt, I think, if you look at the game, um, as it went on, it got harder to do so because the ball began to stick in the ground. But I think if you look at the game, we played quite a lot of aimless direct stuff, and Norwich played a lot more of the football. I felt, even though we were the better team, they were the ones who got the ball down and passed it around and all that sort of stuff. Should we be expecting better, Alex? Even in those conditions at home, um, better. Well, it depends what you consider good, doesn't it? Because we've come out with exactly the same amount of points and exactly the same amount of goals. We've gone to most teams this season under Tony Pulis and played exactly that style of football. And and when hiring him, we knew what to expect. We knew it was going to be like this, and at times it's going to be frustrating. But mm. if it gets results, then I'm not going to complain either way. If we had won that match and played like that, that, that this question wouldn't have even been raised. Um, well, I, I think, I don't know. I, I know what you mean, but... Um... See, I've got no problem with direct play I've got, at all. I, I really don't. I, I have problem with aimless, uh, aimless punts upfield. You know, not even not even looking to play it in an area, just just knocking it long and seeing what happens. And I, I felt we got caught a little bit doing that, and I don't think that that's necessarily the manager's instruction. I'm, I'm sure he he does want us seem to drop something, there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he does. Um, but no, he obviously wants us to get the ball forward a lot quicker. But um, but. I don't think he ever asked anyone just to punt the ball aimlessly, and I think he'd probably been a little bit disappointed in that as well. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I found it frustrating in, in some ways. It was an easy excuse to a point uh, to, to blame the conditions, but, well, I still think as as the home side, we've got to start to look to dominate a bit better in possession. Because, I mean, what we're doing at the moment, we all know it. We're, all con- we're conceding 
conceding the ball in, in areas that where we can't get hurt. And it's a really good tactic. It's a really good way of playing when you when you're slightly with a weaker team. But I think we come out come away from that game with a one one draw. And I don't think that that was good enough. Um, I really don't. So we um, had the chances though. You, you, we we, had we chances. absolutely. It can't be down to to possession that we didn't that we didn't win the football match. Yeah, it's frustrating at times, mm. but we didn't lose the game. We can't get too bogged down. I think no. we should have won it. Yeah, no, but that's that's exactly my point, Tony. I, I I'm disappointed, and I'm glad that I'm disappointed that we didn't win it because it shows you how far the how far we've come. Um, but to me, it's, it is two points dropped because it's a home game against a team that are struggling a little bit like ourselves, and they've got some good quality in there. But but you know, you look at that squad; they're not that. Is is how many people? How many players in that squad would you take, and who would they replace in our team? And that's the sort of thing that I'm talking about. And I'd take quite a few of them. Would you? Yeah. Well, we've, we've got the list in front. Redmond, I agree with, but um, Furt, Snodgrass, probably take Bradley Johnson. Right. So yeah. wait, but, but you can name these players. But for who? Who would you take out? All right, Let's... Redmond for Balassi. Okay, you yeah, think Redmond's better? Okay, right. Yeah. No, I'd uh, wait. I'd, I wouldn't say for Balassi. I'd say like last year, have them both on the wings. All right. So who comes out then? Punching. Yeah, oh, I'd, have snog- I'd have Snodgrass anyway. on the other one. I'd, so have, you, I'd have both their wingers. So you'd drop Balassi and Punchin, you'd have Snodgrass and Redmond. Okay. Yeah, every um, day of the week. And Johnson in for who? Uh, oh, KG, maybe? <laughs> and Fair in for who? KG, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Who <laughs> like, for Jerome? Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. I'm not a ma- I hate Hooper. I think he's useless. But <laughs> but you see, what I mean, like, I don't really think that there's much in it. And I think you can you can go down and say that those are good players. All the players you mentioned, I'd agree. The only one I'd take definitely is Redmond, and I'd have him in over Punching. But um, you know, what I mean, they're good. They're, there's good players. Snodgrass is a good player. Johnson's a really good player. Showed down the central midfield, really strong. I think I like Basson at the back as well. Um, Fair was decent until he got sent off. Um, I mean, that's the other thing we didn't capitalise on that, and I found that quite disappointing. That was that was very annoying because they actually had more of the ball than mm. than when they had ten men, didn't they? That was the one. Thing yeah, we we did. Yeah, we didn't really adjust. I don't think. I think what happened, you know, they got a player sent off, and we we didn't think, okay, let's change what we were doing. Because I suppose in a way we were. Yes, we you know we had created chances and all that sort of stuff. But you know, it's a it's a one of those games, isn't it? It's, you come away disappointed, but you can you can justify it to a point. It was hard to play any other way in those conditions, and and we should have we should have converted a couple of chances. Um, and let's look at the the goal we conceded first of all. Um, someone I've moaned about a little bit to a point, although he's you know he's done better than I expected alongside Delaney. He's Danny Gabadon. Uh, was he at fault there, Tony? Do you think? What for the goal? Yeah, if you can remember the ball, see the ball came over, went over the um, over the defence. He's got his back to uh, back to play, running towards his goal line. Doesn't get his foot on it before it's uh, before it's cut back to Johnson to steer in. Um, defender of his experience, you know, was he lacking pace? Was he lacking uh, a decision, or was it just you know, was it just just one of those things? I just think it was one of those things. I think it was just a bit of a lapse, and you know, obviously. Uh, I was going to say the conditions, those conditions aren't going to help and if you're having to concentrate on playing and trying to deal with the conditions as well, I think it was just one of those lapses in concentration really. Mm. And um, well Alex, what's your view? Well, we spoke about it the other week, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Danny Gabaldon, I believe he's quite comfortable at this division but one slip like that and it's a goal isn't it, that's the, that's the difference between this league and the one below so we've got to cut that out but yeah, you can't bl- you can blame the conditions as much as you want but 
not many other players got in that position and slipped up. So, yeah. yeah. <coughs> I mean, it was a decent enough finish. The, uh, I think it took a slight nick off of Delaney who threw himself at it, but I don't know. For me, it's just a, it's just simply a case that um, I, I I thought I was really disappointed with Gavidon, uh, not just not getting anything on it. I think he sort of stuck a leg out. He sort of drifted past him, and you know, ultimately, it is a it is an error, and, it, and I think it's cost us. And I, I, again, I, I don't think we should have conceded that goal. And I thought it was harsh on us to do so. I thought it was at a period of the game where we were well on top. Uh, I think we'd got in level or maybe nicked the goal ourselves. I think we'd probably win that game at a canter and it, it just set us back. So disappointing and, and I think those are the reasons where, why we, you know, people are still talking about looking at centre-backs in the transfer market. Something I imagine we'll talk about a bit later on. Uh, Stuart, have you uh, got some tweets for me? Uh, yeah, just basically on the subject, um, the, the change of position for Joel Ward um, for the Norwich match. Um, Barry's tweeted, he said, uh, um, basically, um, he thought Fulis put uh, Ward over there to cover the pace of Redmond as uh, Moxley struggles to tackle and Parr isn't the quickest. Um, good mm. point, possibly. Um, Patrick O'Connor, uh, he prefers Ward at right back, so I think the majority of us do. Um, he adds to the back line and he seems more comfortable. Um, he uh, m- must speak to how Pulis feels about our left backs. Um, mm. Yeah, and Dave Byrne, um, Ward is very good at right back, but not as a central midfielder. I, I, disagree. I mean, I, I think it, obviously right back is his most comfortable position, but you know, I don't think he should be. Uh, um, you know, his 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 play as a central midfielder has also been pretty good. So mm. and, and, you know, we can't. I, I don't think we we should. Um, 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 say that he's not very good there should use which, Williams which? and or Campana, um, Jose Campana in central midfield not sure why Holloway or Pulis play Williams wide uh, agree with that on uh, Williams I'm, I'm not sure why he's out wide at all to be honest he's, mm. he just he, he has the odd game but to me just he, he's far more effective in central midfield Williams for me he is I think he's, he's one of the players in my view that, um, that Tony Pulis has got to learn about and I think he's probably starting to do that at the moment I think the his performance um, starting against West Brom, even though he started on the left uh, again, I think that's got to come into it. Look, um, I, I, one of the things you, you sort of mentioned in there is 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 not you, well. You started talking about the left backs again. The left backs have been a fixture of our discussions for almost as long as the show's been on, I think, and and it's always been about Moxie and Parr. Obviously, we talked a, a few weeks back about uh, us targeting a left back in the January window, and it, it seems certainly now that that. That Parr has overtaken Moxie in, in preference out there, but I thought it was noticeable there was a couple of occasions that um, that Johnny Parr's actually struggled defensively as well, and, and as you were pointing out, and it's yeah, I can I can definitely see that now. I don't I don't think Pulis is com- you can, well. I think putting Joel Ward at left back, um, you know, and then moving him into the middle, but but starting him at left back really does show a lack of confidence in those those two players at left back. Uh, don't know if you share that at home. Listeners, so you can tweet us on at HOL Radio, um, or you can email us radio at homestale.net, or you can message us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash HOL Radio, your views on that. And uh, Stuart is, uh, is manning the communication hub to take all of your contact. Um, went a bit strange there, didn't I? A bit weird speaking, a bit weird. And yeah. what's happened. No one's You're happened a bit to me weird, now. really, aren't you? Yeah, it just didn't usually happen, it just went odd. Mm. Anyway, so we conceded that goal. Um, we got a penalty in return. It was uh, for a sort of forearm shove in the back from Leroy Fair, who, as his first yellow card, uh, le- later on got another for the foul on the same player and got sent off. But um, 
Hmm, was it a generous penalty, Alex, or was it clear? Um, you've seen him, you see him not given every week, don't you? I think you get three or four of those not given every week. In in the rule book, it's a penalty, isn't it? But if that goes against you, I still think you feel a bit, you know, you can get away with that, really, can't you? It's like shirt pulling; you get away with it. But in the rule book, it is a penalty. He brought him down, and and we and we probably got that slice of luck that we haven't had earlier on in the season, really. Uh, could you see a score in any other way in that game? The way it went, uh, not with Cameron Jerome up front, <laughs> but we'll come on to that later. It, we will it just, we we did create chance. That's the thing. And when I talk about Glen Murray scoring in this division, some of the chances there, it, Kevin Phillips, Glen Murray, these guys are going to score them. And we actually did create chances. Mm. We had so many. And even the worst bit is the weather was awful, and and literally Ruddy couldn't save a thing. So it just, just kept pelting at him. Because there's one that was a blasty that was across that he ended up nearly putting in his own net. Just bombard the guy with shots. We had the ball on the edge of the box enough. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, 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 again, we sort of got a little bit away from the the, sort of the penalty thing we were talking about, but I, I do, I do, I do know exactly what you mean. And I, you know, for, for me, it's our lack of shooting that's been getting to me all season. Um, and it seems stupid to say it because I'm actually really happy with how the season's gone so far. I mean, obviously, I'd like a lot more points on the board, but you know, I, I'm not, I'm not complaining as such. But I do think that we have this slight reluctance to shoot. It's that one final pass, isn't it? That one yeah. final pass, that lovely last ball that they want to get when. But especially when you see some of this, you're, if you're a centre forward and you get it on the edge of the box, mm. instinct surely is shoot. And that's yeah. the difference between this level and the level underneath us. Any Premier League standard striker will get the ball on the edge of the box, even if it goes in the stand, he's going to hit it. He's going to absolutely lash it and see what happens. But they, they get nervous. But maybe that's down to results. I've got to disagree. Go on, go on. Um, if you look at if you look at since Pulis has taken over, we've been doing a lot of on and off target shots. Um, you know more than we had before. I think we are doing a lot. I just think our quality isn't as good um, mm. in, in, in converting the shots to goals. But I mean, if, even if you look at this match, we had thirteen shots um, and four of them on target. You know, I mean, you're not going to have many more shots in a, in, a, in a match. Um, especially with those conditions we mentioned, but I mean, 13 shots at goal is 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 quite a few shots. It's just none of them are none of them are obviously converting into goals. Yeah, but there's still moments when you see people like Cameron Jerome and Marin Schmack pick the ball up on the edge of the box, and these guys are centre forwards, and they've just got to shoot. And, and and I know you I know what you're saying about we are creating more chance. Of course we are, but there's so much more chance for these guys who have been blessed with with shooting ability. That's why they're a Premier League striker. So they might as well mm. abuse it. Well, uh, it's I, interesting. I that, go on. That was good. They, they actually mentioned on, um, I think it was match of the day, actually, that, that Cameron Jerome's never been a prolific goal scorer. He holds up the ball well, but his, his shooting ability is not, not necessarily there, and it doesn't matter where he's been. He's, he's never really had that high goal ratio for a striker. Yeah, that's you guys true. Saw that as well. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, um, I mean, it's an obvious, it's an obvious criticism of, of his, and I think we're we're seeing that, aren't we? Really, um, but oh, I don't know. I, I, we're, we're getting dragged on to, to, to the uh, to the subject that I was going to talk to you later, so we might as well do it. Um, J- Jerome, I think, is what he does in our side. I don't think anyone in our in our squad can do better. If you know what I mean. Mm. Um, I don't think that there's anyone who runs the channels with quite so much pace and power 
Um, I don't think there's anyone who, who can really sort of hold hold defenders and occupy them the way he does. Uh, and I do part of me thinks that if you did add goal scoring into that, if you did have the ability to put these key chances away into that, you know, he wouldn't be playing for Crystal Palace, would he? I think you can add all those no, things no, together. You no. just don't wouldn't be good enough. Um, sorry, we we wouldn't. It'd be, it'd be way too good for us, kind of thing. Um, but but at the same token. If you're if you're a team at the bottom, which what we are, and and you're not you're not converting the chart clear cut chances. I mean, let's talk, talk about that chance against um, against Norwich. The, the when Jerome sorry when Punch and nicked the ball and crossed to the back post, and first the first thought is like, oh, obviously the ball skidded onto him a bit quick. He hasn't had time to adjust. But when you watch it back, it's he's watching the ball the whole way across the box, and he shoots vertically. I mean, that's another thing that I don't think anyone else in the squad can do. Manage to collect the ball at the back post and shoot directly up into the air. And I think it's an incredible skill to do. <laughs> but, 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 um, but, I mean, you've got to get out on target. And, and Alex, you mentioned Phillips. is almost identical to the chance Phillips scored with, again, last season. Against, against Watford. Yeah, yeah. That's Absolutely. exactly what I said. I turned next to someone and said, hey, that is exactly, reminded me exactly the same situation. Mm. It's, um, do you know, I... I, th- I think he reminds me a lot of um, Emil Heskey. I remember that when you spoke to, they always said on the um, on the TV and the radio that when whenever you spoke to players who played with Heskey, they said he's a very good player and he does something that no one else in the squad really does. But he just doesn't he doesn't score goals, but he helps make things around him happen and allows others to score goals. And you yeah, know, to be fair, shamak has been scoring when he's when Jerome's been on the pitch. So maybe there's yeah. something in it there. To, to a, yeah, to a point, but um, I don't know. And the trouble is, it's the key chances that are falling to Jerome. And yeah, you know, we're talking about our quest for points is going to be hard enough as it is. Um, and when when you're on top of a team, you're playing at home, you know, they're one of your rivals for relegation, if you like. When you miss that shot and you miss the one where it's laid back to him, he's got, what, about eight yards from gold, if that, smashed it over the bar. You want composure, you want head over the ball. That's basic technique. And, and he can't hit the target and you know for all his good work those two moments those two moments have undone everything because yeah, it becomes irrelevant doesn't it it, it, it does irrelevant almost Very true. And you know, even at know. Aston Villa I remember there was a couple of times where he was just so frustrating thinking you know what just go for it just go for it and he'll run in the channel and he runs the channels you know we said it before so, so well yeah. but even when he gets there he kind of, he under under pressure. He kind of he gets a bit shaky, doesn't he? I notice that whenever he gets towards the edge of the box, he'll either pass it or if he's around on the side, he'll try and beat his man, but start this strange tiptoeing thing where he doesn't really know what he's doing because that's not that's not his position and that's not what he's about. I just sort of think under the, under the actual pressure of it, he sometimes maybe is bottling it. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I I just think he's one of those players who needs to play an instinct role, and the more time you give him to think about something. You know, the worse it kind of gets for him. I think if you if you look at the goal he scored for Stoke last year, and I think it was in the cup where he just smashed it from about thirty-five yards, it was all instinct. But then you give him you give him sort of a time to watch a ball come across the box, you know, to skid off the surface. He's thinking all the time about how he's going to play it, um, and you know, and he shoots directly up into the air. I think if you know if he's got less time to think about that chance, I think he probably goes in. But um, I don't know. I don't want to you know make this point of just criticising Cameron Jerome but I think it, it's a clear area where we need to improve in converting of those chances do we need to do something in the window I suppose that all depends on what you think of Dwight Gale and we'll have a little chat about that when we review the West Brom game very shortly um, 
one last little bit on that penalty. Uh, Tony Pierce revealed that um, neither Chamac or Jerome wanted that penalty. Praise um, the Lord. <laughs> well, that's one way of looking at it, Alex. Um, the other way of looking at it, there's two strikers who don't want to... Confidence. You know, who don't want to shoot one-on-one against the goalkeeper from 12 yards. It's. Uh, I don't know about you. That worries me. What do you think, Tony? I mean, it's just a precious thing. I remember last year, Glenn Murray, I mean, he missed quite a few penalties last year but luckily they weren't key ones there were ones where he'd already scored a couple of goals or scored a couple of goals later in the match but I think with the other two I think yeah you're right it's a confidence thing I mean Shamak's very much a confidence player and you know if if he feels that he's not confident enough to take the penalty then then I'd rather he didn't take it than than try and take it miss it and then his confidence goes down and, he, and then it takes him a while to get back into it um, and Jerome well you know based on what we saw if he does shoot from um <laughs> from 12 yards it's going to go over the bar so maybe it's a good thing that they nominated not to yeah. I just, who did I, you want to take it Chris? Um, I expected Chamat to take it to be honest with you did you want him to take it though? if you said I want anyone I, in that I team wouldn't, to take I it wouldn't, I wouldn't have expected Chamat to miss it um, If you again if you go back to what he's um, to his conversion rate on chances when he does shoot it's excellent You know, he, he's, his technique is fantastic um, it just worries me that Although he's a more confident, uh, better team player under Pulis than he has been than, we, than we'd seen for for a long time, you know, in, in his career, it still worries me a little bit that the confidence not quite there to strike a ball from twelve yards. Um, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. We we want that to be a goal, and we don't care who takes it really. And, and there was a player on the pitch who wanted that, um, and he's a player that we've um, leveled a lot of criticism at, who's really starting to come good, and that's Jason Punchin. Uh, we'll talk more about uh, punching probably a little bit later as well, but worth m- noting that he was many people's man of the match in this game. Uh, would you agree with that, Alex? I think he's one of those, and he's so marmite. He just, I think a lot of people are, are very anti giving him sort of man of the match because like, he's been so frustrating up to now. But he, he just look, he looked like. He looked like the Jason Punchin that, that we bought, that, well, that we got on loan, really, didn't he? That that he showed last season. He was Southampton's best player, got Player of the Year, and that and that that's why we went in the market and got someone like Jason because of that ability. He just needs to do it consistently, and he has peaked out recently, but he just needs to keep going, keep going, and 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 he's growing in confidence along with the other side. And I think if the the person on the other side of the the other wing. Can keep can can perform as well, and mm. I think you'll find that like, the Wilfred and, and Belassi thing that happened last year, where the, both sides were both so confident in each other's ability, you know, they're swapping over. If you can rebuild something like that, half as good as that, we stand mm. a very good chance of staying in this league with Jason Punching on one wing and Yannick Belassi on the other. Yeah, uh, definitely. And Belassi's one who I've been really happy watching recently, not because he's not had an, an you know anything outrageous in terms of performances, but it's just that I think he's starting to get there. He's, I think uh, there's the little green shoots of um, recovery of his sort of form and his rhythm. Because like Will, they, they were both players who who sort of built up a rhythm the more they played. You know, they didn't come into the side and immediately, you know, be firing firing at hundred percent. But they they never sort of they never seemed to drop off really. And you know, unless they were having a, a real proper dip in form. You know, it was just a consistent building of form, and I've started to see Belassi. He's starting to do these little tricks. He's starting to show uh, what a capable player is, and and those crosses are starting to find targets now as well, or at least starting to go in the right areas. Um, so I'm, I've been really encouraged with with both of our wingers, and I, and I noticed that Pudis mentioned it the other week, and I, I think both Belassi and Punchin are, are, are his type of players. So it fills me with a bit of confidence, and it might if those two keep their their form going. And 
Obviously, Kebe can provide good backup when he is used. I think it sort of maybe eliminates the need to go and, and spend any money in that area, where I was fearing that we were going to do that before. So, yeah, very, very positive. Um, also in that game, I suppose, any other individual performances, we've mentioned Belassi, we've mentioned Punch, and we've, we've talked a lot about Ward. The only last little thing I wanted to mention on, on Joel Ward is, I suppose we'll get to see this a bit more as well, that he might end up again being like he was at Portsmouth, a victim of the fact that he can play anywhere. You know, he joined Palace to establish himself as a right-back, and he did that and looked excellent, but all of a sudden he's, he's, he's shown that he can play in various positions and he might start moving around the squad again I'm not sure that's best for him but we'll see how that goes hopefully we can get a settled side hopefully we can strengthen in the right areas and people can play in their uh, in their best positions we'll pick up a few, on a few of the four word reviews and then go to Stuart for some uh, some of your contact uh, the four word reviews for that Norwich game let's pick out some of my favourites uh, <laughs> Leon Woodley says more bloody goals please that's a good thing uh, Andy Camru says never play Jerome again <laughs> Dean Miles says buy a goal scorer there's a definite theme here isn't there um, Justin Granger says three points lost sad face I think he means two points lost uh, Jimmy Dawes says should be winning them mm. Andy Ward says getting out of jail so comes that from another 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 view Elliot Richardson says Chemak lucky staying on uh, Neil Kite not enough real quality Callum Hutchison we can't score goals Dean Williams there to be won uh, Tom Woodley better than no points and Darren Chandler is striker and wingers needed so that was the views there uh, Stuart what you got for me um, Just we put a tweet out there actually regarding the, um, the left back position um, we, you know are we, do we need a new left back you know we've got Demox we've got John Parr um, Matthew Barton's come in said he says Parr all the way probably sensible to strengthen if possible uh, Moxie just isn't good enough sadly I you know, I'm not one. Of, I'm not one of those who's on Moxie's back for some reason. I don't know if I'm seeing something that other people aren't, or <laughs> I, know, I know I'm clearly in the uh, in the minority here. But I'm, yeah, you know, Moxie is playing the best football he's played for us this se- uh, this season, in my opinion. Um, and for most of the time, he's been holding his own. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, Pulis is in agreement with with the majority of you, and uh, I'm obviously seeing something that just isn't there. But um, I, I'm I'm pleased with how he's done this season, Moxie. Mm. Um, I'm not saying he's Premiership standard, but for a club that's just been promoted, I think I think he's upped his game. And I think you know, for a club that's been promoted, I think that's all you can ask um, mm. on that one. However, Nick Redmond thinks we should be after Ashley Cole. Um, not sure how realistic that one is. Uh, 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 and pa- uh, uh, Palace tweet says, uh, "Par at left back, Ward at right back. Could do with buying a new left back though. Remember, we have Jack Jack Hunt at right back to come into, which is true. Mm. And be interesting to see what he does. So I'm hoping by the time we we play the fourth round in the FA Cup, he might be given a game. I'm, I'm not not sure what's going on injury wise there, but hopefully our our new doctor at the club can uh, can tell us a little bit later <laughs> on." Um, I think we uh, we need to strengthen there as well. Comes in from Mark. Uh, too many recent goals conceded down that side. Cresswell was standout left back in Championship last year. Mm. Probably was, but I think he's probably out of our range. I would imagine. We'll, we'll see, won't we? Um, yeah. Difficult one on that. Um, I just want to go back. There was a couple of questions asked. Uh, I think Jordan Turner asked them. Uh, the first one, he, he, made, he made a point. He said uh, in the Norwich game that there was unfair that some fans got on the players' backs, and he said he sits in block B and he thought it was unfair that many people were moaning and wanted to know what we thought of that um, it's not, there wasn't a lot of moaning where I was but there was a, nearly a fight between two fans because one of them didn't have a sense of humour but there was no real um, 
sort of arguing or uh, sorry, no, no real getting on on the backs of the players. So I mean, if that did happen in in and around Block B, it, it, it's sad because there's no real need to get on the backs of anyone at the moment. You know, we're we're performing well, so a bit of a shame that uh, I won't uh, dwell too much on that since we're trying to round this off. Um, and obviously, Jordan's also asked who he'd like us to see us see replacing Jerome. He said he's a fan of Jordan Rhodes. Um, sort of worth mentioning Jordan Rhodes. Um, got a um. I suppose so. We can got got basically a photo sent to me of um, uh, something relating to Jordan Rhodes needing to be at the club on Saturday. So, so I posted that up on the on the Homestyle Radio account, and obviously that all kicked off um, to a point. And obviously Jordan Rhodes was playing that day at, at Blackburn, so it was always going to be interesting to see if he collected this item or these items without <laughs> giving too many specifics away uh, in person. But as it's turned out, he didn't. Um, that doesn't mean we're not after him. Just wanted to make mention of that for those of you who read that. You saw it, didn't you, Alex? Yeah, yeah I saw it, yeah. You yeah, texted yeah. it to me. Yeah, so there you go. It wasn't made up or anything like that, but it was um, yeah, it was one of those things. You sort of get a little tip, post it out, and then get criticised for it. So, yeah, there you go. Fun times. Um, anyway, look, we're going to talk about um, Palace's game uh, at West Brom. But first, we've uh, made, managed to make contact with the new doctor at uh, Crystal Palace to get an injury update. Good evening, friends. My name is Dr. Ung. I am here to tell you about the injuries in the Crystal Palace squad. First up, Jerome Thomas is out with a calf injury, with no current date set for his return. Adelaine Guedirola is due back on the 11th January, after his injury to his ribs and his lungs. Jack, Jack Hunt is still out with his broken leg and will return only when he is ready. And finally, Benjamin Murray is due back for his ACL injury in late February. Long-term absentee, Patsy McCarthy, <laughs> returned to the bench for the cup game yesterday. Thank you and goodbye. Get involved with the show. Email radio at homestyle.net or call us on 0208 1234 098. Homestyle Radio. Voices for Palace Watch. Faces for Crime Watch. Where is he qualified? Uh, I don't know. The only thing I'm going to say is if, if you want to try and do something entertaining at home, uh, try saying Paddy McCarthy in a German accent. Just try it. It doesn't work. It's absolutely impossible. Not that that's what anyone was doing. That was the real doctor from Crystal Palace, Dr. Unk. It's a joke, joke in there somewhere as well, I suppose. But um, I'm not sure I'll ever do that again. Mm. Tell us what you think, though. If you liked it, tweet us and tell us. And if you didn't, just keep it to yourself. Yeah. Don't tweet us abuse. No, we can't that. handle it. We're all very sensitive. Um, so yesterday was a 2-0 victory away at West Brom in the Cup. And um, it was a welcome victory. It's one of those where if you lose the game, you say you don't, you know, you're not really fussed about the Cup. But winning it, all the magic of the Cup comes back. So, um, yeah, uh, a few hardy souls travelled up there. And, um, you know, the third round doesn't seem to inspire the same sort of level of attention that it used to. But... Um, but what was really important to note is it was a very, very strong performance. The West Brom team wasn't a weak team. In fact, you know, the majority of those players are there uh, in their first team most weeks. But um, you know, not too, not too weak a bench either. Um, we started. We made some interesting changes. We had Hiram uh, Boateng made his first uh, start of the season after being in and around the squad for a while. Uh, did incredibly well by all accounts and got an assist out there um, 
and we had Williams, Gale and Bannon all started in the same side and obviously those they're all a certain type of play, you know, short in stature, sort of players that buzz around, you know, good good possession on the ball and it was I was really interested to see how they would sort of blend together and um what do you think, Alex, about that team selection? Was it? Do you, I mean, I but personally, I found it quite quite inspiring. I actually genuinely was very hopeful of a, of a win before a ball was kicked. Bold, very bold. The one thing I liked about it, it didn't sort of, um, it didn't conform to a Tony Pulis type team. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And the fact that we had Dwight Gale, Johnny Williams, Bannon, Balassi, these flair players playing. I don't know I don't know if Wilbraham's still about the place or he's injured or whatever, but even mm. even knowing Pulis, you would have expected like somebody like that to come in. And then you look at the youth that you've got Williams in there and you've got uh, Boateng in there. And we could be very proud of that. But I'm I'm still one thing I was surprised about was Sproni still playing and that back four staying the staying very similar to what we've had. I think he's just trying to get those those guys playing as much football together as possible and just keeping consistent with that. Do you, do you think in any way, Alex, it's going to change it? My, my sort of comments earlier about Tony Buda's learning about certain players, do you think it's going to um, change his opinion on certain players and where they can play and what they can do? Yeah, absolutely. I, I said this I said this the other day. Someone said to me, oh, he's going to go and buy, buy Hooth, Shawcross and Crouch. And and I think I think I don't think that Tony Pulis is small-minded enough to do that. I think he knows football's changing. Uh, the first thing he spoke about when he came in was this new plan that he that he planned a new style of football at Stoke, looking at um, Bill Bow and, and German football and and looking how football's advanced. And I don't think he's going to go back to to what it was before. I think it's always going to be similar because managers have their certain style of play. But with what he's got. He certainly can't create what he did before unless he goes out and buys a whole new team. He's got Shamak and Jerome who arguably, yeah, hold the ball up well. But when you look at Balassi, Gale, Williams, he didn't have these types of players to, to, to use at Stoke City. So I think it's a very, very different, very, very different prospect that he's looking at. And, and of course, I think he has to work with what he's got. And with that, that means playing a certain brand of football that, that wasn't the same at his old club. Okay, we'll take a little break away from that discussion. We do have a caller. Hello. Good evening, gentlemen. It's King B. Hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, great, thank you. Yeah, um, I'd just like to uh, quickly bring in and say about yesterday that um, seeing, you know, Boating uh, starting and Williams and Bannon together, you know, slightly changes. You know, I think that getting this FA Cup win, you know, it brightens all of us up a bit, you know, the players and the fans and... I was pleased to see us, you know, win away at West Brom after what happened last time, and I think it gave us a real good boost um, ahead of this year. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're, we're just we're just talking about that team selection. It, it was. It, I mean, how did you feel before the game, though? Were you? Did you? Did you? Was it a game you were looking to us to actually win or not? Were you that? No, tr- truthfully, no, no. I mean, I, I didn't think with the changes. You know, is there going to be, you know, some effort with the players? You know, a good, you know, team like Arsenal is coming in. You know, let's give these out a go in the future. But I didn't expect us to, you know, go for a clean sheet and to get you know, more than one goal. I think that's very impressive um, to, to do that. And, you know, as I said, it gave us, you know, a good boost, even if it's not a Premier League game. You know, you know, mm. we haven't done that since, you know, the famous um, Butterfield hat-trick, you know, get past yeah. the third round. So um, I was I was, re- I was very pleased um, from yesterday, yeah. Yeah, uh, OK. Um, and of, of the players that start, well, Boateng's probably the, the sort of headline player that started. Are you surprised it took yeah, so long yeah. for him to get a chance this season? Sorry, was that? So are you surprised it took so long for him to get a chance, considering we've been playing players out of position in the middle? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, for the past you know year or so, you know, there's been a lot of talks from many different academies, but Boating in particular, um, you know, from what, what happened at Stoke last season, and you know, he's maybe he's maybe bought you know one or two players. He's not put them on the bench, but you know, just given them a go what it's like to be in you know this, in the big line. But because it's an mm-hmm. FA Cup, it doesn't surprise me that he gave Boating. A chance, you know, it wouldn't surprise me with any other academy. So I'm hoping that you know, in the more in the future, the more chances he get, the more he's going to be, you know, another future star for us. Mm. And on on the topic that uh, myself and Alex were just in the middle of discussing when you came on, really, get your your view. Alex was putting the view across that um, that Tony Pulis's style was dictated by the players that he had access to, perhaps at Stoke, and he didn't have the type of player that he's got at Palace. And obviously, he's all, but he's also got a transfer window ahead. Um, does it kind of does yesterday fill you with hope that the, the likes of Williams and Bannon and obviously Gale have a future in, in the first team for Palace? Yeah, definitely. I'd, I'd pick this time tomorrow. I'd, I'd definitely pick for any game Gale ahead in the starting lineup. Um, more so. I mean, it's, it's difficult to say because it was great seeing you know Chamak get one and Gale both get one and see them both play. And mm. I, if if I, if I was going to put two up the front, I'd pick them over over um, one and Jerome the other. I'm not against Jerome, but it's just that in recently you know it's, it's been a bit hard and struggling for him. He's not like the sort of guy who can get up and score all the goals. Yeah, but with yeah. the teamwork of with, with the teamwork of Gale and Chamak, I think it's in a way. Though I wasn't at the game. From what I heard, it was slightly more uh, better than it was, say, at Norwich or Newcastle. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's that's the sort of message that came across to me. It was a strong West Brom side, but you know, our supposedly weakened team ended up performing incredibly well. Listen, thanks so much for your, your call today, and you've taken Thank us you. in some interesting directions. And um, we'll definitely catch up with you again soon. Yeah, you too. Take care. Bye bye. Bye now. Bye. Well, that's, yeah, that's that's covered some of the things we were going to talk about, chaps, and. Um, uh, I suppose we can move on from team selection and just start talking directly about Hiram Boateng. We mentioned there that you know that he's got an assist, he's done well. Um, whether or not we see him as a realistic option for future games, you know, namely Premier League games, uh, will he have showed something there? Do you think, perhaps, Tony? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, this boy definitely seems to have something. I can't remember. I think it was uh, one of the commentators on the radio. I listened to it on the um, on BBC mm. London and. They turned around and said something like um, uh, they didn't believe that he was um, as young as he is. And they yeah, said he's got yeah. to be at least five, six years older. <laughs> I thought it was he quite does, funny. He does look a little bit older. It's quite funny, actually. Um, I remember the first time I ever saw him. Um, 
he looked from the distance. He had a little bit look, looked a little bit like Darren Bent, and people at the time I think were talking about us being interested in. I was like, bloody hell, have we got Darren Bent on trial? But it turned out it's this you know it's a seventeen year old kid thinking, wow, <laughs> who's he had a hard life or something? But um, that's a horrible thing to say, you know. <laughs> I don't mean it like that, but he's he certainly looks a lot older. But um, I think that's that's going to hold him in good stead because obviously he's not yet eighteen yet. You know, he's built like a man, and he can he can compete at that level. Um, got a few. Well, go on, Tony. You're just about to say something, then we'll get some views from Stuart. What I'm hoping is, I mean, we're such a good performance there. Um, hopefully, he might get a couple more games uh, as the season progresses. And what hopefully it will do as well, as we've mentioned about Joel Ward, is it'll stop Hewless from using Joel Ward in the defensive mid position because he knows that he's got Botang that he can go to if he needs to, and that will keep hopefully Joel Ward on the, as a fullback. That's what I'm hoping anyway. Mm. No, not a bad shout. I mean, that, yeah, I, I agree. That was very much um, what I was thinking. Uh, Stuart, you had some views, and then you've got some uh, tweet news for me. Yeah, I, I, about um, uh, Botang. I mean, I, I, I obviously wasn't at the game yesterday and saw, saw the, the quick roundup on ITV. And I, I just thought, I mean, the pass that he did for Gale was just was very instinctive. For a 17-year-old to, to, to lay off a pass like that so quickly for his first game of the season, I mean, the ball just came to him from, I think, uh, one of their defensive errors, and he just quickly knocked it into Gale. And I just, I just thought that was, you know, one of, the, one of the passes of our season um, yeah. so far. And I think um, the, the key thing here is that, obviously, uh, Botang's going to be known to Pew because he obviously got a couple of games last season against Stoke. Um, yeah. So he, he's, he's obviously got his eye on him. Um, I don't think we'll see much of him for the rest of the season in the Premiership, but um, definitely definitely one to keep our eyes on, um, I think, for, for next season, regardless of what league we're in, I think. Yeah, in a way we've got one or two uh, too many players in that middle. There, exactly. I mean, I, people I, want O'Keefe to come in. He obviously made his return from injury and played a little bit of that. That second half there, but um, yeah, embarrassment of riches maybe. It definitely, I mean, I think I think we've seen the last of the likes of um, you know Garvin and Dobby and mm. uh, so forth. Um, sadly, I'm, I think because you know they all, they all played their partly last season and getting getting us where we are. But you know, sadly, that's that's the life of Premiership football, isn't it these days? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Saying that, anyway, you've got some. Yeah, Chris, yeah, Chris, with, with you, Chris, have you still, yeah, Chris, you still got um, Dr. Gunk with you there in the in the studio? Yeah. Do- Dr. Unk, um, I'm Sorry, afraid. Dr. No. Yeah, don't get his name wrong, he'll, he'll have you. But, um, Sorry, no, he's, he's, um, he's gone, is he? He's gone, but we, we'll, we, you know, we'll try and, try and get hold of him a little bit later, maybe. Oh, Has okay. there been any views on him at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I could put a tweet out there just, you know, to get some thoughts on our, on our new club doctor. Um, Palace tweet rather rudely said she laughed. Um, have, have him back next week, please. Um, you know, mm. you know, it's not nice to laugh at doctor. He's doing a good job there. Um, Andy Step, um, great feature having a doctor on. Um, will he be doing a Twitter clinic? He might be. I've just he's just yeah. he's just followed the whole radio Twitter account and tweeted. He says that I'll try. Uh, I can't do the accent myself, but he says thank you for all your love. Uh, I'll be on the show with your latest injury updates again soon. Alfie Desane, um whole radio CPFC. That's okay. nice of him. It's nice of yeah. him. Yeah. Um, Ru- Russ says. Uh, Russ says, keep the club doctor. Uh, like everything, will be a winner in a few weeks. <laughs> so um, yeah, cool. I mean, I'd, great. It'd be great to get him in the studio one day, Chris. I think to yeah, you know, it would. To have one on one conversations with, um, with 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 the listeners and uh, help them out with any maybe injury problems that they've got. It could certainly help out with listener injuries. I'm absolutely certain of that. But it's nice, it's nice for him to keep us updated as well on what's going on at Palace. Um, and he was very excited about Paddy McCarthy being back, wasn't he? So. 
Although, although I should just say, Billy Kemp, Billy Kemp has tweeted and said, um, it's the worst accent ever. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a German <laughs> It's a genuine German accent, so I think Billy's obviously... Yeah, no, no, um, he, bit, he can't bit, help bit. the way he speaks, can he? No, exactly. Yeah. I don't know what, you, no. what the matter is there. but um, oh, Anyway, um, let's edge slowly back towards what we're here for. It's going extremely well. I'm glad people were so positive about Dr. Runke. He was a bit nervous about uh, joining us, but it's very good there. Um, so, okay, Dwight Gale has got to be the major, major talking point. Um, yet another, another goal, good finish. Uh, left foot this time. Talked before he can hit with either foot. He's a you know he's a quality striker. And Tony Pulis has described him as a goal scorer now. Um, looks like he's starting to to you know make an impression on the boss as well. Um, he's got getting goals, and that's all you can ask of a striker. And that's what he brings that Jerome doesn't. Um, and he also played the the role that Jerome plays, although he had probably a bit more support in and around him, shall we say? But. Um, he's he's getting the right sort of chances now, Alex. Don't you think he's, he's getting getting a chance to strike rather than trying to? He's not got his back to goal quite so much. Even though to be fair to him, this goal was all about having his back to goal and turning. But you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think I think when he started the game, people thought holding the ball up and having a back to goal might not be his his forte with the style of football that Tony Pulis does play. Um, but he's scored there with his back to goal. He's sort of proving in every position that, that he can score a goal. The one against Villa was so different. He picked the ball up from deep, beat two men and put it in the top corner. This one, he's held up the ball turn and had a shot. Uh, I, I, I love Dwight Gale. I think, I think he can score at any single level you put him in. And he's just got, he's just got that gift about him that, that someone like Kevin Phillips had about him. You put the ball with his feet in the six-yard box and, he, and he's going to score 10 out of 10. Okay, well, so he's a goal scorer, but Tony, what about his all-round game? Is I mean, is that coming? It seems to be coming on a little bit, but um, you know, he was criticised for that in the early part of the season when he was trying to find his feet and playing a little bit about out of position, you know. But playing that that lone striker's role now, he, he seems a bit more comfortable. Would you say? Yeah, I mean, that, that's the point I was, I was um, hoping to bring up. Actually, the fact that um, we have to work out how him and Shemak would work well together because. At the beginning of the season, they were having Shamak as the guy um, at the top um, leading the line uh, with Gale behind him. And um, mm. I thought, personally, it would work better the other way around because Shamak can get the ball down or do flick-ons if he needs to um, with Gale as the last man, um, as he was on Saturday. Uh, I just think that, that that would work a lot better. Um, I think Gale works a lot better he's the lone striker on his own as far forward as he can get. And um, we can, we've now seen that Shamak plays a lot better um, as the, I suppose, almost a number 10 role, if you like, as opposed to being the lone striker himself. So I think with, with Shamak doing that and then Gale ahead of him, I think that could work quite well. But I don't know. I, I, I personally, every time I've seen Gale, I've, I've not been 100% convinced by him. I mean, yeah, he has got a fantastic finish and he's got pace. But other than that, I haven't seen enough that convinces me that I think, mm. for example, if we had an all-firing, all-singing Glenn Murray back, then I think that Glenn Murray gets in the squad over um, Dwight Gale. Yeah, but, Gale, but Gale, is, Gale is what he says on the tin. You put the, you give them the ball, he's going to score a goal. And we didn't get these chances earlier on in the season. We didn't score goals, we didn't create anything. That's what he was bought for, to put the ball in the net. You give him a chance, he'll score a goal. And that, and, and, is, and, is, is yeah, that... Have him off the bench then. 
Mm. It's no, but what I'm going to say, just jump in there. Is that enough at this level for 90 minutes, though? Um, Tony makes an interesting point about playing him off the bench when we need to put chances away. You know, that can work sometimes and sometimes it can't. It depends on the game. But um, Ke- Kevin Phillips, last thing yeah. he tried to win a golden boot in the Premier League. He 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 reminds me of him so much. It's it's scary. Can is that enough in this league? It was then. Is it now? It probably is. If you have the right people in and around him. Possibly no coincidence that he's reminiscent of Phillips. You know, you would have worked with him quite closely for the last year or so. Um, I think that's probably a very deliberate ploy. Not the last year since we signed him. Sorry, yeah. this year. But you know what I mean. He's 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 working. He's worked with that experience and he's learned from him and he's learned how to move. One of the things that Phillips did when we signed him, I'm not saying he was he was like this in his early career because you know, he was just all about goals and pace and getting in behind people. And, but he was another one who, who needed to be facing goal more often than not to, to get a shot away. But um, I, th- I think it, it's interesting that, that Phillips in his spell with us was about occupying the right spaces and bringing other people into play as well. And I think that's where... That's where Gale got the criticism he got, because it was basically, you know, he's come a long way quickly, and your positional play at, at the top level is you can get, if you don't get it right, you get nothing, you get not, you won't get a sniff of a chance, and early on, he was being, yeah, he was being played out of position, it's, it's probably the biggest factor, so he was having to learn a whole new set of uh, positions to get himself into, you know, he was having to, to sort of do a bit of defensive work out wide, who's also having to get in and around the, uh, the you know, Chimac at the very, very start of the season, uh, you know, to try and get Reedy's knockdowns and what have you. And the few occasions where it worked, the few occasions where he did the right things, um, he, he looked very good, but often he was getting knocked off the ball and, you know, by big defenders, but are also, you know, not short on quality with the ball at their feet as well. And he, he looked a little bit lost for a while, but it's great to see him really starting to come good. Um, one thing I have noticed, Alex, he doesn't celebrate. At least not now. He did when he scored earlier in the season, but the last couple, no celebration. Just the uh, first time I saw him do it was that free kick that's on YouTube. It's about thirty-five yard free kick for the for the under twenty ones. Absolute rocket. Um, just sort of, kind of didn't really celebrate it. Just sort of looked and let people come to him. Is it? Should we read anything into the fact he's not celebrating? Is he unhappy in some way, or does it come from um, the fact that he's proven a point when Pulis made comments about not him not being quite good enough, or is it just? That's his current celebration is to not celebrate. Un- unhappy. I-, I think I think it's an overused word in football, but I think you look at the start of the season when people said he wasn't playing well, he just tried to do everything, didn't he? He he he's come from such a low level to such a high one so quickly and people at that level just love football so much and just want to play as much football as possible. And if you're not playing football, He's going to throw a strop and he's not going to be happy. Not that he's got a bad attitude, but he just loves it that much and he wants to play that much. And I think when you look at these, he's, he's going, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be professional about it and I'm going, to, I'm going to be disciplined, I'm going to score a goal and I'm going to carry on this job that, that I'm employed to do here. I'm here to score goals and I'm going to prove to you, Tony Pulis, you should start me every week. There it is on example. Bring on the next one. I think that is exactly mentality going through his head and I think that's something maybe Tony Pulis has said to him. When, Look, give me the hard work show me that you're, you're a true professional uh, and you can go anywhere sorry Tony I've just caught up catching up on the chat there did you have a further point to add on that or was that earlier well, it's a bit, I, just, I was, I was um, actually echoing the point you were making about positional play. Um, I, I think the difference between um, Gale and Kevin Phillips there are similarities both small nippy with um, a very good shot on them but the difference is the positional play and that's 
Kevin Phillips has that Gale arguably, you know, is going to come with time. Um, he hasn't necessarily got it. And maybe that's what I was trying to put my finger on earlier. It's, it's the positional play that he hasn't got at the moment and being in the right place at the right time so that he gets the opportunity to use that. Well, I was going to say right or left foot because he can use both mm. feet from what I've seen. Uh, yeah, definitely. Positional play is key. And he's only going to get that from experience. Exactly. He's 23 yeah. years old. You can't forget that. And, and he's played, what, 17 Premier League games. And that is it. And how many of those are starting? Five, probably. That yeah, comes. Yeah, that comes with playing football. And and you can't tell. Yeah. I don't know how how good was Kevin Phillips at, at twenty three. He came, was he not quite late? To... It's, uh, he, he was. He was late. He wasn't quite as as late as um as Gale has been. And obviously, the, the sort of probably easiest comparison really is Ian Wright. Um, for ourselves in terms of of how late he's come into the game, um, to the professional game that is. Uh, obviously, Wright was at twenty two. Um, so Gale would have been would have been similar when he when he well twenty one twenty two when he first got into the to the league system. But it's yeah it's 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 a fascinating developed thing for him for a player to come that fast that quickly and now to start scoring goals at, at the very highest level. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. I, I don't think it will stop us looking in the transfer window for experience and quality up front to start putting chances away. Getting that for the right money is is the hard part. Um, obviously, the mention of Jordan Rose and people like that, they come with hefty price tags. And, you know, the ones that don't are, are more than likely going to be a risk in, in some form, you know, like, like Chamak was. He was, you know, a big risk in terms of his shattered confidence and um, and whether or not he'd actually settle. And it took quite a lot of convincing to come here in the first place. It's worked out for him so far. Let's hope he keeps doing that. And, you know, maybe if we don't get anyone in, maybe that Gale will be the one. Maybe all the, you know, the pressure being on his shoulders, it'll just inspire him rather than, uh, you know, rather than drag him down like we feared it might. Um, a few other bits and pieces. Obviously, another, there's another clean sheet, which is a really good point. Um, really good sort of thing to happen, considering the, the amount of possession that, um, <clears throat> that uh, West Brom had. I'm just sort of seeing various different bits coming in there. Alex, you'll have to talk to me about what you've just said in a second. Um, <clears throat> but... Yeah, um, one of the things that did come out of it that was that Julian Speroni made, any, you know, vast number of saves and um, was many people's man of the match. And we were linked with uh, Wayne Hennessy of Wolves um, during the week. And uh, I wonder if maybe Jules had seen that story and got a bit inspired. But I mean, we've talked all all the last few weeks about about the you know possibility of another keeper coming in and height being a factor with Hennessy being six foot six. It does seem that that might be the case. Um, your sort of thoughts on that, Alex? Uh, I don't think Julian Sproni needs any any motivation to play for Crystal Palace. His motivation's been the last ten years and the fans and everything about the club. But uh, do we do we need a goalkeeper? Jules has obviously not not been at his best, and he's so reliant on being small and springy that that's something that that, that leaves you. But I don't I don't really see Hennessy as as a, as a positive move in any sort of shape or form, really, he—I don't know. I, for me, for me, he's always shown good signs, Hennessy, but injuries have always stood in the way. Uh, but he's not going to get a consistent run, so it almost become pointless, pointless investment, really. Uh, Tony, first up, you've got a point to make on that. I disagree. A lot of people forget that he's only 26, and for a goalkeeper, that's really young. I think I think Hennessy will be a great signing. I think you know he's going to have a year or so to to be an understudy to Spironi because let's face it, um, Spironi is 34. In a couple of years' time, is he still going to be as as good as he's been this season? You know, you don't know. You still need to have a backup keeper, and we've all agreed that Price and um, 
Alexander are not necessarily going to have enough to step up to the mark. Mm. Well, I think Hennessy at the age of 26, it gives us a young keeper that we can, um, you know, work on and, and get him up to scratch, whereas the other two are a bit older and, you know, obviously Speroni's um, only going to get older as well. Well, uh, Pulis did a similar thing with Jack Butland, didn't he? He signed Jack Butland for Stoke when he had when he had Begovic, who was arguably one of the best one of the best goalers in the Premier League. He had Sorensen as a backup, and he had Carlo Nash in there as well. Didn't necessarily need him, but he got him for a future investment and then loaned him out back to Birmingham and now Barnsley this season. So maybe that's something he's looking at doing. Hmm, maybe Stuart. Yeah, uh, echoing really what Tony said there, um, it, um, I can't listen to anyone who's got a bad word to say about Speroni, to be honest. I mean, he's he's been first class both in, in, in what he does for a living and as a person for us for the last, you know, 10 years or so. Um, but, I, you know, I think it's healthy competition to have a, you know... A, 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 an equally good goalkeeper waiting to come in the wings if there's a dip in form and you know let's face it I mean as excellent as Jules has been since he came into the team in 2007 properly um, he has you know had the odd occasion where you know there's been a dip in form but we've had no one to sit on the bench to replace him and keep him on his toes and I think it would be ideal if we you know if we got that keeper in I'm not necessarily saying it's Hennessy but you know a good good keeper that you know that he can compete with and know that you know if he if he doesn't keep up form that he's got at the moment then then someone else can easily come in to replace him um so yeah i'm all for a new keeper to be honest but not you know not to replace jules but to, you know to provide that strong competition that that he just hasn't had for you know for his entire time whilst he's been yeah, in the team. i suppose it's a, t- it's a testament to him that without any real serious competitions he's kept the level of performance up so that kind of player we've got there and obviously i don't think any one of us wants to see Jules replaced um, anytime soon but um, yeah I certainly see the logic in targeting someone to come in and with Hennessy uh, refusing to play for Wolves uh, in uh, a couple of days ago in the game against Gillingham I think it was um, I think the signs are that he's certainly on his way and, and the suggestion is it is to us so be an interesting one to see how that pans out I would be surprised if he wants to join just to sit on the bench but you know I guess someone has to really um, better than sitting on the bench at Wolves isn't it yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. Because he's number two to Akeem, eh? So, but to be fair, look at look at Joe Hart. I mean, when when Joe Hart was dropped, um, everyone thought, "Oh God, this is bad for him," etc. You know, and he's gone away. He's worked on his game. He's come back, and he looks really even better than he did before. And he's fought his way back in the squad. So maybe, as you quite rightly said, for Speroni, it'd be good for him that if he does have that dip in form, he can go away, work on it, and come back even better. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let's hope. Sorry. Um, okay, just to sign, sort of uh, round that off. There was obviously a second goal in that game. As West Brom pushed for that equaliser, we uh, broke away a number of occasions, and one of those occasions, Balassi got into the box. Um, you know, great sort of. Well, Balassi is very best really taking that extra touch to go around the defender along the byline, cut it back to Shamak and Coolness personified as he just side footed it in between two defenders, and you know Gale was waiting at the back, and Gale himself. Had a, another goal disallowed for offside, which was incredibly dodgy. Looked well onside to me, at least very least level. But um, there you go. In the end, it was two nil. You know, perhaps should have been three with that disallowed goal. And um, and for all West Brom's possession, they, you know, they could not get past Baroni when they had the good chances. Uh, many of them came from uh, the boot of Berahino. Um But uh, yeah, great win for Palace, and certainly. I mean, there's no bad game to win, really. It, people talk about whether or not a cup run can be a distraction or what have you, but winning, win, as they say, winning is a good habit, and that will make everyone in the in the squad 
uh, give, a, give a good boost, it gets a chance for certain players to start that hadn't been starting, gives Tony Pulis a chance to learn a bit more about the squad, there's absolutely nothing negative about that game in my view, and um, yeah, it's fantastic to see us being able to bring a couple of players off, off the bench and Chimak and Punch, and just to show that added bit of class and finish a game off, I think things are looking very, very good. Um, a couple of things that struck me sort of um, during that game, obviously with the presence of Vidra and Sinclair, Scott Sinclair just disappeared off the radar, and Vidra, who looked a world beater in the championship last year, is just really, really struggling at West Brom. And um, yeah, those are just just sort of two players from our interaction with Palace in the recent past. That um, it's just a shame still to a see player, them. Still a player I'd really like us to go for, though, actually. Who's I that? Really, I really or Vidra. Vidra, I really do rate him. You know, I really do think he's got cracking ability. But he hasn't had a run. It's very much to, for me. It's very much like looking at Dwight Gale. He hasn't had a run. Mm. Players like this need to play football, especially if you've never played there before. You need to go and get games, go and play football. And I think if he got that, I think he's got good ability. I think Sinclair's the um, the, the biggest waste there for me. You know, he, he was fantastic at Swansea. Really good for us on loan. Obviously, great at Swansea, and then just took took the big contract at Man City because. I guess they were just trying to fill a quota of English players at some point, but um, it's just what a waste! What a waste of a player sitting on the bench in the FA Cup for West Brom. Um, he should, you know, he should. He, well, he's certainly not made good on his talent doing something like that. It's a real shame. He was, he was excellent for us. Anyway, great win for us, and um, and we move on. And we'll see next weekend we play Spurs. Um, just a competition reminder before we preview that game, though. Uh, I did massively overcomplicate the competition earlier. Um, because I, it was the first time I was reading it. Basically, the message is this. Go to holradio.net forward slash enter to enter the competition. It's open to everyone unless you're, uh, I say employee of Homestar Radio, unless you're part of Homestar Radio. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, it's for live listeners only. Uh, the prize is a club shop voucher and an item from the club shop, uh, which we will choose. Could be anything. Uh, you won't be required to come on air. If you're chosen as a winner, you'll be asked to email in before 9pm. Uh, if the chosen winner hasn't emailed in by 9pm, the competition will be redrawn, redrawn drawn, and offered to anybody who can answer the phone when we ring them uh, with our phrase that pays. And uh, anyway, yeah, you will be reminded that the show is due to start if you've entered, and the competition will run across each week from now until the end of the season. So go to holradio.net forward slash enter. And listen live. The question will be on there. The question is, who is the uh, player with the most appearances for Crystal Palace ever? Florian Morange, Jim Cannon, or Clinton Morrison? <clears throat> Excuse me. Got all coffee all of a sudden. Uh, oh, hang on. It's next week. Mm, anyway, you know what I mean. Next week. That all made sense. Shut up. It's perfect. <laughs> uh, anyway, we want to preview Spurs now, really, don't we? I don't have an awful lot to say about this. Um... Uh, obviously, I suppose the theme for us really. Well, look, they they obviously they just lost two nil in their um their derby game in the FA Cup. Uh, before that, they they actually beat Man United at Old Trafford in the Premier League. Um, you know they've done decent things recently, beating Stoke three nil. You know, draw to West Brom, beat Southampton away three two. Uh, knocked out of the League Cup, did well in Europe, smashed by Liverpool, beat Sunderland, beat Fulham, drew Man. You know it's they're all over the place, really. But there's kind of this perception of Tottenham that they're they're a struggling side. They're you know they've had to sack a manager and all this type of stuff. And um, I mean, really, are they struggling when they're one they're one win outside the top four, three points off Liverpool in fourth place? Um, it, 
they, they're not struggling. So what do we expect from this game? What can we realistically expect from this game? Uh, they played the first game of the season. Um, we lost 1-0. It was an incredibly dodgy, harsh penalty against Dean Moxie uh, for handball. Um, what could we, re- we be realistically expecting from the trip to White Hart Lane, Alex? It, if you look at the way that we went and set up ourselves at, at places like Manchester City and Chelsea, where you're not expected to, to have much of the ball and, uh, and stuff like that, we're very organised. And if we can do the same, you know, City and Chelsea are definitely a better side than than Spurs. Are. I know, I know, I know that Spurs are actually, are actually in a really good position now. I still just don't think. I I just still think we have this steeliness about us that we can go there and frustrate them for if they don't score for seventy sixty minutes, their fans are gonna gonna get edgy and get very very edgy, and they have been all season. So if we can do that, I, I think you never know. Um, I'd like to see a few changes. I'd love to see Barry Bannon start. I I think. We were crying out for Barry Bannon against Norwich, um, and you saw it against West Brom. He completely ran the show, and uh, and that that creativity that that we we so dearly lacked against Norwich would be would be so welcome against Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, I started it started to go all crackly. I thought we were going to lose him, and we've lost him. We can complete his sentence. He said, "I think." That we will lose to Tottenham. Mm. Anyway, it's good. Well done, Alex. Uh, Tony, what, what's your? Um, well, Alex has given us a little bit of a roundup there. So just quickly, um, what are you expecting from the game against Spurs? Any any kind of a point of bonus? Uh, I, I'm sort of in the same camp as um, Alex on that one. I think um, we're not expected to go there and win. It's away from home. Tottenham are pretty good at, away um, at their ground. But, you know, we've we've done very well at Man City. I think we've, we've held the best record for not conceding. I think it was 66 minutes we, before they um, scored against us. And I think we've got the record now this season at um, the Etihad. So mm. we've, got the, we've got the chance and the ability, if you like, that we could get a result. But it depends entirely on what team turns up. If, we, if, if, if the team turns up and plays well, then, yeah, we've got every chance to pick up a point, if not all three. But if we're not mm. on our game, we, we, we're going to come away. They're gonna, they're gonna probably beat us. Um, Alex, you were just about to tell us what's happening. What, what you thought? You went, I think, and then you went. Did you get to Barry Bannon? Yeah, you said all the yes. Barry Bannon stuff. Yeah, that was good. I enjoyed that thoroughly. <laughs> you're, talk, you're talking about why he was, uh, you know, how why he was important, and he gave us that creativity and all that sort of stuff that we were lacking against Norwich. And then you said something like, "Oh, but I think." Did I talk about we can get them frustrated after sixty or seventy minutes? You get that so, bit. Uh, I don't remember that bit. Does that happen, guys? Do you know? We should probably not worry about it. Who do you think is going to win? <laughs> well, it's not in doubt, is it? What's, what sort of question is that? Mm, all right. So Palace will win, won't they? We'll draw 1-0. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Stuart. <laughs> Stuart, I'm done talking with these idiots. You? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I think they're there for the taking, to be honest, Spurs. They're... Uh, New manager syndrome and all that. They've, uh, you know, they've they've got off to a fly with Sherwood, but back down to earth yesterday against Arsenal. And I think if we set up um, in a way where we can attack them, uh, I mean, because Sherwood's already come out says he, there's only one way he knows how to manage, and that's to attack. Fair enough. If he wants to go out and attack us. We should, we can attack then, um, and maybe it will be four all at the end of the day. But, um, I, I don't think you'll find a Tony Pulis side drawing four all ever. No. <laughs> No, probably not. We'll be able to score four goals. 
but we, we, we've got a good record at White Hart Lane. I don't know if uh, any statisticians have checked the record books, but um, we do all right there at White Hart Lane. So I'm, 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 going for a, I'm going for a draw, actually. I think we'll get something out of the game, um, right. which I will be pleased about. Right, and I'll come back to you for a little roundup of any tweets if we have any. Okay. Uh, uh, just very shortly. So get yourself prepared. Um, my personal view, which I know you've all been looking forward to, my, my personal view on it is that um, it's pretty similar to Stuart. I do think that if we get it right, they're there for the taking. They will they will come and attack us. There's no doubt about that. Um, but we've shown that we can be incredibly resilient. And um, we'll need all of that. We'll, you know, we'll, have to, we'll have to take our chances. So I think... Gale's recent goal-scoring exploits will perhaps give him a, a good chance of starting alongside Chimac. I think and that's a question that we, we asked of the listeners, which I hopefully will have something back on. Um, so I'm, I'm quite confident that we will have, if we do get a decent chance, we might have someone up there who's going to put it away, away rather than sky into the air. So I think we're going to come away with a, um, with a cheeky 1-0 victory there. And um, Alex, you, you wanted to make a last little point there? Yeah, not on, on the actual football, but I spoke to a Mr. Joel Ward, and he said he's actually a little bit upset that he doesn't have a song yet, and people like Barry Bannon, who have just come in, have a song. So I'm saying, Mr. Producer, how about we do a little competition? Our next competition, whoever can think of the best song wins the prize. Because he does to, deserve one. Do you, yeah, he does deserve a song. Do, they have to, do people have to sing it and send it to us? That sort of thing. That would be absolutely... That would be amazing. Do you not think it'd be horrific as well? There'd be some yes. bad, yeah. There'd be some yes. bad ones, wouldn't there? All that's, right. that's the fun of it. Maybe Doctor Unk will send one. Well, <laughs> Doctor Unk will definitely go for it. He loves the song. Um, and um, what was the other one? Why do we not sing Tony Pulis's Red Blue Army? Can I? Can I? We've, ask we've got we've got an email about that. that I was going to end with actually, and um, yeah, I tell you what. Anyway, get thinking of your Joel Ward songs. I think we well we've. Mikey's come up with a value of what we'll give you. It's quite a large value, I'm going to discuss Don't with say you. that on air, because... I'm, I'm not, not saying it on air. I'm not happy to chip in on that one. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I'll be right. But, um, but yeah, but, um, you probably won't do that. It's but, £50 yeah. pounds Chris's pocket, anyone. Hey, what? No. But if you do think of some good good songs, if you can set them to music and send them to us, that'd be great as well. Just get creative with it. We love creative things. Uh, email to radio at homesdale.net. And we'll pick it up during the week. So, uh, yeah, get on that. You'll get a nice little prize. It'll be a signed photo of Alex White. It's one of the prizes. With Joe Ward. With Joe Ward, yeah. yeah actually, if you could think of his song, you get a signed picture of Joe Ward. Really? Yes. All right. I with like you? That. With you, Alex, or not? No, not with my, I know they want it of me, but obviously... Yeah. Um, okay. No, that's, that's what you'll win. I'm telling you, Dr. Runk is going to win. And him saying thank you very much as well. Oh. Anyway, um, that, that's good. We'll get that sort of the wheels in motion on that. Uh, if you've got yeah any early ideas, do send them in radio at homestyle.net. But we'll probably try and launch that properly next week as a as a genuine competition. I believe people do kind of sing certain things already. Uh, hang on a second, Tony, you were saying something. How does that yeah, work? The, uh, in the tune of Come On Palace. Well, they sing um, Joel Ward, my son. Mm. Do you know the song that goes, come oh, on, palace, come on, palace, oh, come on, palace. Yeah. So that's what, they've been, that's what they've been singing in the um, corner of the Homesdale. Right, we're more creative okay. than that, come on. Yeah, yeah we come on something better, but I'm just... Well, yeah. I, I wasn't criticising you, I know Alex came across like he was. Um, but... no, I was upset about that. Yeah. I, need, I need some psych... Does, does Dr. Unk do psychological work? Um, I'll ask him, but I wouldn't strongly advise it. 
accent. Um, also, wor- worryingly, isn't it uh, the, the originator of that song, Gary Glitter? Mm. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's a different. I story. think we're actually a legal company, so let's not get into liabilities here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're starting to lose the plot here. I just want to get through the last few little bits uh, so we can let people go. Um, I did miss out some forward re- word reviews earlier on. Very, very quickly, pick a couple of those out. This is for the West Brom win. Um, Dean Miles says, players scared to shoot. Eddie Richardson, a classic away performance. Callum Hutchison, win when we want. Uh, Gary Kelly is uh, uh, said, Shemek scores for fun. And Carl Newen, take confidence into league. Thank you to everyone who's contacted us today. Uh, you've got some tweets rounded up for the Spurs uh, game, what people wanted to see. Yeah, just uh, who who they'd like to see up front, really, against uh, Spurs. Got a few in here. Uh, just pick uh, two or three here. Uh, Dave uh, says two up front. Attack from the off. No point sitting back and inviting them to get at us and make sure we close them down quickly. Uh, Brad is Brad's bordering on pornographic here. Has to be Shamak behind Gale. Not sure. I'd like to see that. But um, Matthew Disgusting. Barton. Shamak with Bannon just behind again more porn from our Palace fans and I'd go 4-4-2 with Gale and Shamak up front and, and you never know we may have a new striker by Saturday anyway oh, so, yeah who knows, who knows? okay thanks yeah. for that uh, brilliant thank you to everyone who's, who's contacted, contacted us today hmm uh, that's a good that's a good song whoever just tweeted that in but it does have the F-bomb in it I'm not going to drop that this late in the day um, but we'll um yeah, that was gel, in fact. Yeah, well done, gel. Um, uh, last, last little bit. It's unsurprising that we get a tweet with a profanity in it, and it's from gel. Yeah, well done, mate. Swearing when you're not even on the show. <laughs> Joe will be back soon. He broke his laptop, by the way, uh, in a rage at Jason Punchin. And so, yeah. Uh, last little bit. We've got email in from Bubs, who does the Fantastic Palace Minute um, animation videos. If you haven't seen those, firstly, where the hell have you been? Uh, and secondly, go to YouTube immediately after the end of this show. Type in A Palace Minute and then watch all of those and just be thankful that I told you where they were and that Bubs did them. You'd probably be that more thankful to Bubs than me, really. Can't take credit. Um, anyway, he says, Hi, guys. Do you think it's time we started singing Pulis's Red Blue Army? It's the strangest thing. All Sane Palace fans can already see the massive transformation this guy has made it, despite everyone being in agreement that he's done well so far. We all seem to be keeping very quiet about it, almost like vocally supporting him as dirty or a taboo or something. He's not Cantona. Uh, from a side resigned to relegation, we have a very real belief that survival is well and truly on. If you're an ex-Palace player, say, then I'm sure fans will be singing his name every five seconds. All credit to Tony, though. He's very professional, doesn't court popularity either, just gets on with the job. The other way, he just runs straight to him from the dugout. Sure, he's well aware it take time to win everyone over. Lord knows why, though. Uh, so do you think it's time we start singing his name? Um, thanks for the, for the email, Bubs. And obviously, it's something we're starting to talk about just there. Um, hmm. It is, yeah, it is. He deserves respect for what he's done already. But I mean, it's not really been that long. It's, it's a difficult one to call, really. I think I like I like it when these things happen kind of organically. I don't like the idea that people sit around and go, you know what, we're not going to sing for this person or we're going to sing for that person. I think at some point. You know, he'll just come. I like, you know, I, I wasn't a massive fan of the South London's Red Bull Army when it first came about because I felt it was, it was being done to, um, you know, to avoid supporting someone. And I always think you should support the manager, um, whether you have personal grievances or not, because I think it's the only way you can you can move forward. And, Holloway you know, you got get... it from day one. That's what I don't understand. I remember that Peterborough game. Yeah. 
for literally 45 minutes of that first half, we sang Holloway's Red Blue Army. Yeah. I remember, it's just mental. I, don't, I just don't understand, and I don't know... Somebody's got to start it, and there's a, there's a large section in the corner in one of the stands that have a very big influence on what songs go around the club. Yeah. And I would just like to know if there's any reasoning why they haven't started this. Is it because you know, he does he, he doesn't have that fan connection like Holloway does? No, do you know what? I mean, not a lot. A lot of those guys weren't massively um, um, a massive fan of Holloway. Anyway, I think the things were Holloway. It was. It was at a time where the club were flying, weren't they? And the the feeling was was good around the club. Then we all had this sudden like, oh my god, Dougie Friedman's walked out on us. And we almost, I think everyone really, really wanted to just welcome the new manager in, get that positivity going because the team were playing so well already. And it just felt right, just kind of like for a lot of people. It just felt like the thing to do was to get immediately behind him and, and sing his name. Whereas I think in hindsight, it was probably wrong to do that in, in some ways. I think you there is kind of this unwritten rule that you know players and managers alike earn the right to have their name sung by the fans. Um, there you go, Tony. Yeah, I was going to say, um, Alex mentioned about a certain section of the supporters. Um, I can tell you now, um, just because I know uh, quite a few of the lads in that section, that uh, when Ian Holloway first came in, they didn't want to sing for Ian Holloway either. They said yeah. it was too soon. It was too soon after um, Dougie had left, and um, some of them were a little bit wanting to stay with the fact that Dougie Friedman, and we've, we've had discussions about that, but I know they didn't want to sing um, for Ian Holloway when he first came in, but... Uh, the CPFC song where they they say CPFC um, for some reason just seemed to go very well with Ian Holloway, and I think that's why it caught on, as you said, quite organically. But um, I can tell yeah. you now, it's not it's not that the fanatics um, are picking out Tony Pulis. They didn't want to sing for Ian Holloway either, and that's why they're not also singing for Pulis because they said they, he's got to earn it over a whole season, not not just after right. a couple and of also, months. That's fair. And also, it doesn't scan very well, does it? Tony Pulisis, he needs to sort that out. Pulisis, Pulisis, Pulisis. I can't say it. It's gonna be a problem. Tony Pulisis is. I, I just think you should go back him from the start. You know, whether you like him or not, they're our manager, and they what they've mm. got the best interests of our club, and I want I want my club to be successful as possible, and I'm I'm certainly gonna back any man that is taking over. If I like them or not, that, and that's just my Alex, opinion. That's, uh, and everyone's got different opinions. Alex, but. that's an incredible confession. What you just said there, I'm going to enjoy listening back to that later on. What I'm, I'm going to back myself. from the off. You can back any man. <laughs> anyway, it's just <laughs> me, me amusing myself in an immature way, and I'll stop immediately. Um, we've gone on long enough. You can tell by the fact that I've gone incredibly childish right at the end. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting show. Um, I've got a couple of little bits to sign off with. Um, <laughs> well, obviously, that is this is the end of today's show. Um, very, very quick note: we did a transfer special myself and Alex. Alex leading it, and it would be great if you could download that. If you head to holradio.net, look at our podcast list; it's in there, or it's available on iTunes. That's holradio.net forward slash iTunes. It's quite an interesting chat with a variety of people. We'll talk to people like Jerry Clark, Rich Corley. Um, what's your, your your fan's name? I've forgotten him. Oh, that was. Um... Craig. Craig. Craig Parkinson? Yes. There we go. And he, yeah, he gave us sort of, you know, the season ticket holders inside. That was all very interesting stuff. So do download that. Um, thanks to everyone who's listened in today. You can always get in touch with me off air with an email to radio at homestyle.net and it may help shape our show next week. And uh, yeah, those of you who are podcast only listeners, remember you can only enter our podcast. Uh, our podcast. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> 
You can yeah, only win. Well, the competition, competition if you listen live. Yeah, yeah. I tried to combine the words competition and podcast, and then realised it wasn't a word. It's good. Uh, and also, you get to interact directly with the show, and you get to witness all these mistakes, which they'll be in the podcast anyway. But um, And in the event one of us says something totally unacceptable, you get to hear it before we can edit it out. Uh, we're back live next Sunday at 8pm with me, Jell, Nick and Ben on holradio.net. Bye. Homesdale Radio is brought to you in association with CompleteSigns.co.uk for all your sign-based needs. To receive a genuine 10% discount, mention you are listening to Homesdale Radio and get in touch today. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.